feeling good? Come on, you feeling good this morning? I am glad that you're here. I am glad that you're here. If you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here. Come on, give a huge shout out. All of our first time guests, so glad you're here. New Heart Church here in the room. We're watching online. Uh, we're in this series called House of Miracles, and uh, we're going through uh, some of the different miracles that Jesus did in the Bible. So some of these might be uh, ones that you've heard about before. Some of them might not be. Um, and I, 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 I entitled this message Stage 3 Miracle. Uh, I, I don't know uh, how many of you have kids, uh, but this is a big part of Jess and I's life right now because our little ones are, are learning. We're trying to teach them uh, how to listen, right? Yeah, you think it's easy. It's, it, it's impossible sometimes. You're like, what, what? Especially when your kids treat you like they can't hear. <laughs> like when you want to tell them something and they have like, you know, selective uh, hearing. But then they also hear the thing you don't want them to hear. When you said it, really, yeah, yeah, this is all the stuff. And, you know, we're just trying to teach them stuff and trying to get them right. And, you know, it's, it's you know, and, and it just, this is a big thing for Jess and I in our, our house. One of the things we're trying, you know, it, this thing just, we didn't even, like, talk about it. It just kind of happened. Uh, the, uh, the one, two, three thing. Like, I, I, said, I said before I had kids, I'll never do that. That's so stupid. Why do you count? Like, that's so weird. Why, you know, and I just I never, never do it. Never. I'm counting all the time now. So, so it's Jess. I mean, we're just doing this, like, you know, like, we, and, and three, two, one. Don't let me get to one. Because neither one of us know what's going to happen. <laughs> but it's not going to be good. You know, so three, two, and it's, it's work, it's work sometimes, sometimes it does. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you got better things, come tell us. Well, but no, actually, don't come tell us. Uh, but we, 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 you know, we're trying to work through it. Um, I, I wish that it would just happen right when we said it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wish your kids would just do the thing we asked them to do right then. Any parents with me on that one? Like, you, you just wish, just boom, just right then, you know, and I'm sure the kids would love that to be reversed, too. We, they would love for us to do everything they asked us right when they asked us, too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that would be reversed, because human nature is, they really, like, when you say something, you want it done right now. Like, that's just the deal. We, we do that with uh, parenting. We do that with uh, our future. We do that with God. When we ask him for one thing, right? You know what I'm talking about? When we ask God one thing, wish it's done, like, you know, you're not three to one in God. You just want it done now. But in actuality, when you start looking through Scripture, you start seeing a pattern. And the pattern is that God uses stages to do things. And here's the thing that I found as I was looking through this um, and trying to, uh, we're talking through miracles, I was realizing that even in miracles, God uses stages. Even in miracles, come on church, even in miracles, God uses stages. 
It, it, and, and so sometimes when we saw, talk, see, we want to microwave our miracle, but God wants to use stages in a miracle. And we don't understand this because when we say a miracle, a lot of us think that it happens instantaneously and it happens right when we say it and it happens right when we ask God for it. Or if it doesn't happen, then God's not going to do it. And I'm telling you, that kind of faulty thinking will actually have you missing miracles in your life because God is using stages of miracles. A lot of us are asking God. We are wanting God to give us a miracle, but we're not understanding. We're probably in the middle of a miracle right now. You, are, you think you need a miracle, but God is saying you're in the middle of one because you don't know stages, and we miss stages, and we don't see stages. There is a miracle that God is working in your life right now. There's a miracle that God is doing in your family. There's a miracle that God is doing in your life. There is a miracle that God is working in the dream that you've had that you've let nobody else know about. God is bringing you through that miracle, but a lot of times, we think a miracle is instantaneous. Instead of realizing that a state, there are stages in miracles. Let me, let me just say, talk about uh, like a miracle um, when Jesus fed the 5,000 men and, and women and children. Do you know that there were stages to that? Somebody had to bring some food, right? That was a stage. Then, then Jesus said this, go and put the people in groups of 50. Another stage. Then he grabbed the food and he broke it and he blessed it. Another stage. Then he distributed it, right? Then all the disciples, you see, stage, 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 stage. But when we tell the story, we say God fed all these people. No, no, no. See, you think of it as God just doing this one blanket thing, but what we don't see is that God uses stages. When you look at the paralyzed man who got healed by Jesus, it was through stages, right? Some, some friends had to get him and bring him to Jesus, right? Stage. Then somebody, the crazy person, had to climb up on a house and rip off a roof. Another stage. Then the crazier people had to drop a paralyzed man down through the ceiling without any mechanical things, but drop him right through. You know, you can imagine the paralyzed man saying, if you drop me, I'm going to. You know, you're just dropping him. Right, another stage. Right? And then when he saw Jesus, so everybody's like, okay, then the mirror. No. Then Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Another stage. Because Jesus wanted to heal something inwardly before outwardly he was healed. Jesus was looking to heal his soul before he healed his situation. And so that's another stage. And then he said, pick up your mat and walk. Do you see? Stage, 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 stage. But all we, when we look at the story, we say, Jesus healed a paralyzed man. Well, there's stages. And, and the reason that the stages is so important is because if you don't look at the stage that you're in or realize that you're in a stage, you might miss the miracle that God is doing in your life right now. You might walk away from it. You might think that God's not real. 
You might think that God doesn't hear you. You might think that God doesn't care about your situation. You might think that God does things for others, but he doesn't do for you. You might think that God's late when he's right on time. You might think that God doesn't know what he's doing with your life, and you can do it a lot better. You might think that God has big things to do, but he's not going to be caring about the little things in your life because you think a miracle is just a blanket thing instead of stage after stage after stage stage there's this story in the bible that is very interesting to me it's three verses that i want to talk about or four verses i want to talk about this morning mark chapter 8 verse 22 jesus is about to do a miracle but there are stages Verse 22 says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. This is really interesting. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus, verse 23, took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Stop right there. I want you to see something. If you, if you, you, you could miss it if you didn't look close. There's already a stage. See, now, look. What did they beg Jesus to do? Touch him. What's the next verse? What did he do? Took the blind man. He touched him. Come on. Did he get healed right then? Did he get healed right then? See, some of us think that we ask God for something and he starts doing it, but because it didn't happen instantaneously, then it didn't happen and God's not working. God's working. He's just working in stages. Imagine how bad it would have been if the blind man would have said, see, touch me, nothing happened. Jesus was trying. See, we're looking for the touch, but we need to see touches. We're expecting God, just touch my bank account. Well, God's trying to teach you how to spend wisely first. That doesn't sound like a miracle. You know what I mean? Like, just God, teach me. Like, just, do, just bring a big check into my bank. But he's trying to teach you how to be faithful and tithe. I don't want to do that. Well, God can't trust you. With blessing. If he can't trust you with a little, he can't trust you with a lot. So he's trying to, well, I don't want to go through stages. Then some, some of us are missing out on the biggest miracles of our life. Because we don't see miracles as stages. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Already touching. Led him out of the village. And spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him, again touched him, right? And asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. Sight was completely restored. He could see everything clearly. 
Uh, I, I want to highlight some of these stages very quickly in the next couple of minutes. Uh, number one, the behind the scene stage. Verse 22 says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. They begged him to touch the man and heal him. Verse 23, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Out of the village. Took him by the hand and led him away from everyone. This is the behind the scenes stage. This is away from everybody else. This is the one that's not on Instagram. This is the secret place. This is the one where not everybody sees you. This is the one where you feel like God might be hiding you. This is the one where not everybody is clapping your back and saying, oh, wow, I see what's happening in your life. This is the one where you might feel a little forgotten. And this is the one where you might not have a crowd all around you. This is the one where might not everybody can go with you. This is the one where you might have to be away from some friends for a while or some family members for a while. This might be the one where you don't get all the good comments. This might be the stage where you walk away and you're saying, man, I don't know where God is leading me at this moment. And I feel like God doesn't see me. But see, God sees you. Not, not everybody else see you, but God sees you. And it's a behind-the-scenes state. It's work when no one's watching. It's doing the right things at the right time when no one else is clapping for you. It's getting up before everybody else and spending time with God. It's in a moment where no one else is liking your post and you are doing things behind the scene, but you're doing the right things and you're doing them at the right time and you're doing things when no one else is watching. This secret behind-the-scenes place is an important stage. But so many of us don't love it because it feels like we're being hidden. When I was in college, when I was a senior, all my friends were starting to, like, get married. And I was like, so far from getting married. I was like, what is wrong? I was seeing some of my friends, I wouldn't give them a library card, let alone a marriage license. What in the world? Like you're going back and you're like, there's no way that person's getting, how could, what? The, and you start looking and you're like, what is going on? Now, I would go on dates. They wouldn't work out. Either I would like them and they'd be like, please, son. Or, I, or they would like me and I'd be like, no. And you know, it just didn't work out. And finally, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, obviously, this isn't supposed to happen right now. So I'm just going to shut it down. I was so frustrated. So mad. Like, just what is going on in my life? Fast forward, I'm married to a little hottie mamacita over here <laughs> with two great kids. Great and awesome. And we don't have a perfect marriage, but we got a pretty dang good one. <laughs> and then I look at some of these relationships that I was envious of in college where they just looked so perfect, but now they're working through divorce. And now I'm thankful that God protected me and he hid me when I needed to be 
hidden. Right? Like when, when somebody says, I need to go, you know, when, like, uh, like a, a witness, and they're like, oh, they need to go into hiding. It's called a witness protection. See, see some of you are wanting so, so much to get out, but God is trying to hide you at this moment and bring you out into a place where not a lot of people are around because he's, he's not just hiding you, he's helping you. David was anointed king of Israel, right? What was the next thing he did? Killed the Goliath? No. Next thing he did is went back to the backside of a hill to watch sheep again. He had an amazing future, but God was still hiding him. He was in a behind-the-scenes stage, and God was not just hiding him. He was helping him. He was teaching him how to trust him, and he was teaching him how to fight with things that might not be uh, uh, things that the army would fight with, but he was going to fight with them nonetheless, and God was going to use that in the future. But you only learn that in the the behind-the-scenes hiding area. You only learn humility when you're being hidden. You only learn how to be a servant when you're being hidden. You only learn moments and things that will help you in your foundation of who God wants you to be when you are hidden. It is not about being out in front of everything. Jesus took this guy, brought him away from everyone. Said, the work I'm going to do in you is not going to be for everybody to see. The behind the scenes stage. Number two, look at this. Verse 23 and 24. Jesus took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Oh. Number two, the I didn't see that coming stage. I mean, you know, they they didn't have water bottles back then. And so you got a blind guy. All of a sudden, a lot of water is coming on his eyes. If I was him, I'd be like, where'd he get the water? No, seriously, where is, where'd he get it? We're not buying any well. No one brought no canteen. And, you know, then you got Peter just saying, seriously, you don't want to, you, you don't, you don't want to know. It's okay, just chill. You know, like this. And I'm sure if this guy was writing a story, he wouldn't say how I'm going to be healed. Somebody's going to spit on my eye. But how many times does God do a miracle in this stage where you didn't even see that coming. I, 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 I didn't see that. I, that's not how it played out in my mind. That's, that's, not the, that's not the story and how I would write it. That's not, that, 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 that seems like it's coming out of left field. No, God starts doing stuff because he's written the story, not you. And he knows how it's supposed to go and not you. 
when Jess and I got married, we, um, we, you know, especially when you first get married, there's a lot of dreaming. There's dreaming all through your marriage, but at the beginning when you get married, there's an inordinate amount. You're, you're always talking about the future and how things are going to look, and, and uh, a lot of times they never look like the way you dream. Um, sometimes some of those come to pass. A lot of those come past differently than you think. But I remember we were talking about our future and just uh, laid this one on me. I was past, you know, we were at a church in Austin. I was pastoring in a church in Austin. And she goes, um, so how long going to be a pastor? And I'm thinking, this should have been covered in premarital. <laughs> what? Uh, I, so I looked at her. And I said, I, I, "I don't, I don't forever." Like, what do you? What, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm so confused at this moment because I have no idea what we're talking about now. Because I thought that was like an easy one, and she was like, "No, no, seriously, how long?" Get it? I, said, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be a pastor forever. Like, that's just my thing. I'm. I'm doing that. <laughs> unless, unless you know, all of this stops being this, I guess, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I'm like going like apocalyptic. I'm like trying to think about what, how does she, she's like, well, I just thought you'd do this for a couple of years and then, you know, like work with my dad, make a lot of money. So now I'm like, oh, um, okay, well, uh, I think I'm going to probably do this for the rest of my life. Um, God could change that, but I think I can, you know, and, 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 and I was hoping, see, this is where I'm just like doubling down. I was, I, I was hoping that you're going to do this with me. <laughs> so now Jess is like, what? Because she had no intention. Like, she loved church. She loved being a part of it, all that kind of thing. She had no intention. This was not something that she was like, oh, I'm going to be in church ministry all my life. I can't wait. Ben's going to do this. I'm going to do it. Let's go. That was not what she was thinking. What I thought she was thinking. And so we started talking about it. And started, and so it, I, I remember I moved out. We moved out here. I was pastoring, started pastoring this church to transition this church from uh, the, the pastor who started it. And, you know, so all of that was a lot. And so I'm doing that. And Jess is doing her thing. And she's like, okay, you do your church thing, and I'll do my other business thing. It's like, okay. All right. Now, all of a sudden, God starts working in Jess's heart and working in my heart, bringing us closer together. And she starts doing stuff at the church. And she always wanted to do stuff at the church. That wasn't the issue. But then she started seeing herself the way I always saw her, the way God always saw her, at this, as this incredible pastor. And so she starts pastoring in our church. And it was amazing. I mean, she, she's just, I, seriously, she, you're just incredible. But... It wasn't just that she was good at being a pastor and, and an amazing pastor. She, she had this different perspective 
for everything because she never worked in a church all her life. And so she was able to bring that and that flavor into our church. But if you would have asked her, here I want you to see, if you would have asked her when she just got married to me, so you're going to be a pastor's wife your whole life and work in the ministry? She'd been like, no. <laughs> because she didn't see that coming. But now it's miraculous of what Jess is doing in our church and the different miracles that are a part of the different things that she gets to put her hands on. And I, and I, I want to make sure that we see that there are things that are coming in your life that you had no idea that God is working right now. There, there are things. See, some of you never saw yourself back in church, but you're in church again. Some of you never saw yourself. You said, I'll come to church, but I ain't never going to get close. I got burnt in my last church, and I'm never going to do that again. And God is opening up your heart right now. And you're like, man, why do I feel like I want to be a part of that connect group? They got that dumb connect group Sunday going. They got those cornhole things out there. Man, I don't want to be a part, but I feel like God is bringing me to Stop saying hello to me and being nice to me. I just want to sit at church and not be involved anymore but you feel something opening up. Some of you thought you'd never be a part of growth track. You thought, I'm not going to get involved. I like sitting and leaving. I like people not knowing my name. I like being under the radar because at my last church, I was above the radar and they hurt me or I got overworked or overused or I don't care what all it was. But in, in all of those things have caused you to pull back and say, I'm not doing that again. But God had different dreams for your life. And you might have not saw it coming, but God has seen it the whole time. And there are things in your life, stop fighting the miracle that God is working in your life right now. Jump in. Be vulnerable. Be open. I mean, I can't tell you. There's worship leaders up here right now. I mean, Alex, who's playing the bass. Alex told me, he's told me a bunch of times. I've walked in. He goes, I ain't never doing that again. Ha! <laughs> DJ, leading that song, making me cry. Shut up with that. He's up there just singing and doing it. You know what he told me? He said, I told God, I'm not doing worship no more. Ha! Why? Because God sees things you don't. And I know it might be a little uncomfortable. And I know it might be a moment where you're like, I didn't see it. But God's going to use it. And he's going to bring you to a place where he can do miracle in your life that you didn't see coming. In verse 24, he says, Jesus said, do you see people? Do you see anything? He said, uh, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. This is a part of this stage, too. You have to be honest with where you're at. Because God can't heal where you're not honest. So some of you love to hide the things 
that you feel aren't healed yet. But God can't heal what you hide. And some of you fight honesty above all else. Because you, you, you've learned in church to hide things that aren't healed. And you've learned around people, if you're not whole, then something's severely wrong with you. So just hide it. And then you'll be fine. But, thing, but you see, when you hide things, God is not able to heal them. And usually a lot of hidden things get infected. And you're walking around with a limp that just started as a scratch. But you hid it far too long. And you didn't let God heal it. What? Why are we so scared of honesty? Why, why, why are we so scared of saying what's really going on in our life? And it seems like the only honest things we get are people's real mean takes on things. Right? And they, and they, and they say, I'm just being honest. Well, why is it always like that? Because so I, I, I feel... Like we're, we're okay with being honest when it's some hot take on something. But we're not okay with being honest when we're talking about being vulnerable with our own soul. But you can't get healing unless you're honest. How you doing? How you doing today? Well, my life's really sucking right now. Like if somebody says that to you, you're like, oh. And, you know, that would be jarring. I'm not, you know. But there's a little part of me that's like the honesty is refreshing. Because... I'll tell you what's on the other side of the honesty is the healing. Now, if you're going to be honest and then just want to stay there, that's a different situation. Right? That, that's a whole nother conversation. But God, I know you touched me, but all I can see is people, they look like trees. So what did God do? Let me pray again. Because whenever we're honest, God brings more healing. Come on, church. God brings more healing to you. God brings more. Can I tell you again why connect groups are so important? This is where most of that honesty should happen. Yeah, we got fun groups and all that kind of stuff, and that's great. But hopefully you get to have at least uh, somebody that you can have an honest conversation with and say, this is where I'm at right now. Because after you have that honesty come out, the healing comes after. Healing comes after. But I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we're working real hard not to have a church full of hiders. Of pseudo-healed, kind of okay, 
walking with limps and bitterness and stuff way under the surface that you don't know what's going to trigger that one person or that other person because they're walking around halfway healed thinking that if I project a wholeness, then, then I should be okay. But all the while, the very bottom of your soul is dark and bitter and hurting because you've never been allowed to be honest and say, God, I've got to get this out. Heal me completely. Because that's the third stage. Being healed in completion. That completion stage. Look at this. Verse 25. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were open. Sight was completely restored. That word completely is very important. Completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. This is the thing that we've all been praying for. And I'll tell you, God always finishes what he starts. God always finishes what he starts. Some, some of you have had dreams that you've either given up on or you felt like they gave up on you but you felt like it was from the Lord. And I'm telling you, if God started it, he's going to finish it. And it does not matter time. And it does not matter space. And it does not matter how long or how about this or how many prayers I prayed or how many things I've done. God's going to always finish what he started. God is always, God never starts something and says, I'm done with that. I'm not going to go back to that. I'm, I, I, it's too much work. And they've done too many things wrong. They've messed up too many ways. No, if God started it, he's going to finish it. He's going to work. And this is the, when I was reading this, I was like blown away that Jesus, Jesus, the son of God is like, I'm going to take you. And I'm going to touch you here, but you're not going to be fully healed. Then I'm going to pray for you once, and you're not going to be fully healed. And then I'm going to pray again, and you're going to be fully restored. If Jesus is doing it, I'm telling you, we can believe again. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on to what? completion until the day of Christ Jesus so I'm telling you right now God's working on your situation God's working right now God's working right now you are you might think oh God do a miracle and God says you're in the middle of one right now I'm working on it right now I, it might not look like it but I'm working on that miracle right now and I will whatever I start I'm going to finish to completion. Verse 25. Let's all stand to our feet. Verse 25 says, and this might be the most powerful part of the story for me. It might not be for you, but it might be for me. Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. 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 
If Jesus did something again, so can you. If Jesus prayed again, then let's believe again. If Jesus prayed again, let's be open again. If Jesus prayed again, let's believe for another miracle again. Let's not let that again stop us from being in the stage of completion. I know you might have prayed 15 times, but pray 16 times. Pray 17 times. Pray 20 times. Go back after it again and again and again and again. Because if God started it, he's going to finish it. And if Jesus prayed again, we can believe again. We can lift that thing up again. I'm going to believe for healing again. I'm going to believe for restoration again. I'm going to believe for revival again. I'm going to believe for better friends again. I'm going to believe for all of those things that I thought were over. I'm going to believe again and again and again. I as I was... I was putting this message together. At the very end, I just felt like this word again carries so much weight. And I was praying about this, and I was praying, I I just, I want us to have faith again. Some of you, some of you need to forgive again. Some of you, need to be vulnerable again. Some of us need to serve again. No, I served last time. I I did all of that. No, do it again. Because I, I believe that if we can do things like that again, we're mirroring what God does just never stops and does things over and over and over again and I know you might be in a stage right now but that stage of completion is coming for each and every one of us and maybe you won't even realize it when it gets there but all over this room come on let's fill this room everybody watching online let's fill this room with worship 